the latest on the Oscar Pistorius trial. Live from Pretoria. Talk Radio 702. And 567 Cape Talk. 17 minutes after 12. Well, we do have a new witness on the stand in the Oscar Pistorius trial. He is Darren Fresco. He has been testifying for the last uh, 45 minutes or so. He's talking about various incidents, including an incident in where it seemed a gun that was owned by Oscar Pistorius and under his control went off in the Tasha's restaurant in Melrose Arch. And then another incident in which Pistorius is accused of firing a gun through the sunroof of his car. Let's go live to that court complex. The defence advocate, Barry Rue, is questioning Fresco. Is this... When Mr Lorena gave evidence, it was put to him that it was noisy in the restaurant. It was lunchtime, we know. Correct, lady. And that... If you said that it was one up that Mr. Pistorius did not hear you saying that, that is just hear me out. You follow what I've put to you this far? What is significant today is that you tender evidence to show how close your heads was, your heads were when you told him that to make sure that Mr. Pistorius cannot hide behind the noise in the restaurant. He could not have hidden behind the noise in the restaurant, seeing the position of our heads at that time. What I need to know, Mr. Fresco, how did this evidence come about that you spontaneously offered that? Did someone tell you that was raised by Mr. Pistorius? Repeat that, please. Did someone tell you that it was raised by Mr. Pistorius, that he did not, if you said it, that he did not hear you saying that it was one up? The acoustics in the restaurant are terrible, specifically during lunch hours or dinner time. But because of the proximity of our heads to each other, milady, it was impossible that he could not not have heard what I had said to him about there being one up with a weapon. My, my question is actually different. Did someone bring that to your attention, that that was raised by Mr. Pistorius, and you could not hear it if you said it? Or do you say it's just a coincidence that you tended spontaneously the heads coming together to make sure that 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 he would have heard? You could not reach each other, having having been so far apart from each other. Darren Fresco answering questions from the defence advocate Barry Rue in the Oscar Pistorius trial. That's happening live in Pretoria. EWN's Gina Kalides is in that court complex for us. Gina, good afternoon. What has the main evidence been from Fresco so far? Well, Stephen, at the moment, Darren Fresco is explaining how he passed his Glock 27 to Oscar Pistorius uh, at the Tasha's restaurant underneath the table, but that he had warned him that it was one up. In other words, that there was a bullet in the chamber. He says, um, and of course, due to the safety mechanisms with this particular firearm, he would have had to pull the trigger in order for it to be discharged. And basically, that is what happened. Um, And he took the blame. He told the restaurant owners at the time that his gun went off accidentally. Now, what Rude actually asking at the moment is why he didn't include any statements that the stories asked him to take the blame. It, it seems as though in his original statement, he just had told the owners that his gun went off accidentally and took the blame voluntarily. Um, he's still being questioned on that particular uh, statement. 
What he did say earlier, Stephen, was that he was also in the car with Oscar Pistorius and Samantha Taylor on the way back from the vol when they were stopped by police officers who had pulled him over for speeding. He says that Oscar Pistorius uh, started screaming and shouting at one particular officer who picked up his gun, which was left on the passenger seat of the car. And Pistorius told the officer that um, his fingerprints were all over the gun and that if anything happened, he'd be responsible. He also said that he can't just take and pick up any man's gun. Um, and then on the way home from there, he, without prior warning, opened fires through the open sunroof of the car. And Fresco says he was shocked. He asked him if he was mad and Pistorius just laughed it off. EWN's Jen Nicolaides in court for us. We'll go back there in about half an hour or so. Listening to that, Tyrone Maseko, a criminal lawyer on the line from Johannesburg. Tyrone, good afternoon. Thanks for your time once again. We have this evidence that is really being called, as I understand it, by the prosecution on two other charges that have been brought against Oscar Pistorius. So this doesn't necessarily go to the heart of the main murder charge around Reva Steenkamp. This is about whether or not he broke the Firearms Act. My question to you at this stage, though, is... Could the evidence that we hear about these two charges also somehow come into play to the main charge if it goes to his character and his relationship with guns? Good afternoon, Stephen, and to your listeners. Um, You know, the short answer to that would have to be no. And the reason for it is that, you know, they've deliberately, um, the prosecution has actually deliberately brought all these charges uh, to somehow have an atmospheric. Uh, influence, if you like. But if one is really looking at this from a, a purist uh, perspective, you know, say, well, you've got these charges, this evidence really goes to proving that you are actually guilty of those charges. The, the evidence on the murder charge is something somewhat separate in this case, and so it's important that one actually distinguish between the, distinguishes between the two when the evidence is presented. I don't think that, uh, as I say, purely in law, it shouldn't. Uh, the one charge, because look at it this way, the simple way of looking at it is to say, if Oscar's Pretorius was not charged with these gun-related charges, would they be able to present this evidence? And the answer is simply no. It would be character evidence, and it would be similar fact evidence which is inadmissible. So that's why, if one is really applying a strict test, you'd have to separate the evidence and say, no, it shouldn't have an impact on the murder charge. There was a moment at the beginning of this evidence where Fresco was essentially told by the prosecutor, by Harry Nell, that if all his answers today were given honestly, he would not be charged. Now, what I imagine would happen in the normal turn of events is that if it somehow emerged that this incident in the Tasha's restaurant had occurred in which Oscar Pistorius had pulled the trigger and uh, Fresco had taken the blame for it, Fresco could then be charged with, I suppose, perverting the course of justice or something like that. And yet he doesn't seem to be facing a charge like that in this case. Well, Steve, how it actually works is this. Whenever one has or the prosecution has a case against a particular individual and they feel that, you know, they want a conviction and the evidence that one potential witness could give could assist them to prosecute that particular case. And it so happens that actually there's a witness who might assist them, but that witness, he or herself, may have contravened some or other uh, act or uh, common law offense, which by giving that evidence, effectively, or against the other accused in this matter, effectively what they'd be doing is actually incriminating themselves. Uh, and now we know that, you know, there is a, a rule against self-incrimination. But if you think about it, I mean, as the, as the prosecutor in the, in the matter, you really care about the more significant charge. In this case, this is the murder charge against Oscar. So what the Criminal Procedure, Procedure Act allows is for that evidence to, or 
call it a settlement out of court, if you like, but with uh, a catch to it to say, okay, right, you can, put, you can assist us in prosecuting this particular individual. We'll then give you immunity against this charge. We will not pursue uh, you against this minor charge. But the catch is that you have to be, you have to give evidence in a truthful manner. And if the court at the end of uh, the proceedings finds that you, you, your version was truthful, then, you know, you're basically off the hook.